in the name of Jesus. What an awesome time to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, good morning to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back. We're not even calling this, uh, we're not even calling this a service. We're calling it Welcome to the Depot. So if you hear me say we're going to the depot, that means we're going to have a meeting. What happens in the depot? In, in the Marine Corps, they used to take you down to what's known as a training depot. And when they take you to the training depot, the whole purpose of going to the training depot was for one purpose. What's the, what y'all think that purpose was? Training. So when you come in the, into this house going forward from this day forward, don't tell anybody, man, I'm about to go to church. Tell them I'm on my way to the depot. So when they say, go to the depot, what does that mean? I'm going to the training depot so I can be trained up. So we're going to be we're going to train a generation to be able to transform a generation with the word and love of God. So if somebody asks you where you're going, say, I'm on my way to the de training depot because I'm going to the training depot so that I can be trained up to transform a generation with the word of God. Can y'all see that? Now, now does, does it take all the, all the woo, spooky and stuff out of it for you? Because sometimes what happens is when people, when you say you're going to church, are you going to service, are you going, people get really, uh, how can I say it, creepy or spooky looking. You know, because they, when you say church, it brings them back to when they went to their grandmother's church, when they went to their aunt's church, when they went to Puki Rere Shishe's church, whatever the case may be, and it was a crazy experience. But what, was, what we was given was, hey, we are going, it's going to be called the depot. And the depot means I'm going to be trained up so I can change a generation. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I can tell you this morning, I asked the Father this morning, Father, what is the purpose of this meeting? And he says that this is, he's, there's going to be healing that's going to take place this morning. So if you're in need of healing, you have dialed in, logged in, chimed in, showed up at the right place at the right time. Because healing is being made available to you this day. But the Father said to start it off this way. He says, I need you to let them know, he says, and according to James chapter 1, verse 21, he says this. He says, so this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word. Why do you want to absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature for the word of life has Power, miracle work and power to do what? To continuously save us, which means to heal us, to deliver us, to protect us, to make us whole. In other words, when anytime you come to a service, you can come to the service. So you don't even have to wait to the end when the man or woman of God gives the altar call. If you come to the service and you're open to receive the word of God, the same amount of word, it's the same anointing on the word to, to deliver you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, is the same word is available to heal you. It's the same word is available to deliver you. It's the same word is available to make you whole. It's the same word is able to bring protection to you. And it's the same word that will bring peace to your heart if you allow it to do so. Did y'all hear me? 
I should have got at least one amen. Somebody should have took off running around. Somebody should have said, Lord, that's my word for me today. Why? Because when he was, see this, and this is the other part about it. This is not Showtime at the Apollo. This is not Carnegie Hall. This is not the Barnes and Bailey Circus. This is not Entertainment Hour. This, if you get a hold of what's going on here, you will actually be able to change your life. And in changing your life, it will also change the lives of everyone who's around you. But if you cheat, treat it like it's a spectator sport, where all you got to do is sit back, heck, might as well bring you some popcorn, some nachos, some Cheetos, and some grape Kool-Aid, and sit back and watch it, and all you got to do is be entertained, then you're going to miss the whole purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. That is not why God said he's going to use the, fo the, pre the foolishness of preaching to, to confound the wise. Wise intellectuals will tell you that will never work. And you know what? They are 100% right. It will never work for them because they have no confidence. They have no trust. They have no dependence in the fact that it's going to work for them. But God himself said it in his word. He says, if you receive my word, he says, there is miracle work and power in it that will continuously, not just a, it's not a one time thing. He says it will continuously heal you, deliver you, prosper you, increase you and bring peace to you. Can I get one amen in this Presbyterian church this morning? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I know we're in Canada and everything. I mean, you know, from the states, you know, coming from the states, people really get into the service and people talk back to you and everything and, and but in Canada I, I've learned that people are taught just to be quiet and don't talk while you're in the service wait till service is over and talk about you and what you had on and the fact that you know that outfit you, I mean all that crazy stuff what you need to do is get past all that stuff because, see, yeah. you, you got to make a decision. Are you going to operate according to the kingdom of this world? Or are you going to operate according to the kingdom of God? Because you can't do both and have a successful life as a born-again believer. You cannot. You want to tell you why? Because it's insane. It's like you run one minute, you're running this direction, you're going left. Next minute, you're going right. Next minute, you're going left. You're, running, you're doing a whole lot of movement, but you're not getting anywhere fast. So y'all see that? Hallelujah. All right. So the most important thing you need to be able to get every single day is the word of God. That is we call it the gospel. Some people call it the gospel. We call it the gospel. Some people go to their medicine cabinet every day and go in there and they pull out that, you know, that that pill for the heart. And they pull out that other pill, you know, for their for their ears. They pull out that other pill for their for their diabetes. And they pull out that other pill that they seen online, you know, uh, 100 pills for 1999s. And you'll lose weight by Friday. You'll lose 20 pounds by Friday and everything. You ain't got to do anything. You can go ahead and keep eating those pies, Betty. You can go ahead and keep drinking those those shakes, Tom. But you're gonna lose weight by the end of the week. Let me help you. It's not going to happen. You are going to have to do something different because if you keep eating the same old stuff and think one little pill is going to change it, you are, can I say it nicely, deceived. But if you take the gospel, if you take this gospel and you take a dose of this, you can, this is the only medicine you could take every day and never overdose. I know I tried it. I, I just listened to the word all day long, read the word all day long to the point my lovely told me, put that thing, I mean, she told me, take that earbud out your ear, put your phone down, cut the word off and just sit there. I was like somebody had going through detox and everything, shaking, trying to get back to it. But the part being is, is you cannot overdose it. But every time that you get it, you, be, you begin to get better and better and better because what is it doing? 
changing your focus and changing the way that you see things. So you can't say that you know God and never spend time with God. See, God is always wanting to spend time with you. You may not make time for him, but he's always. See, you ever been in a one sided relationship? Well, that per, you always trying to pursue that person, but that person ghosts you or put you or block your number, send you the voicemail, whatever the case may be. Say they didn't get your text. Well, God never do that with you. If you call, if you dial God's number, he, hey, hello. What's up? I've been waiting. By, uh, I've been waiting for your call. I've been sitting here thinking about you all day long. I mean, you know, when you, when you was dating husband and wife, I've been thinking about you all day long. Well, that's the same thing God to tell you. I've been thinking about you all day long. And all I need you to do is come and spend a little time with me. Now, the most important thing you can get is the word. Why? Because the word that will bring about your healing, your deliverance, your prosperity, your wholeness, your peace. He says this way in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, he says this. He says, but what saith it? He says, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That word preach simply means to proclaim. He says that if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, not he's not just your savior, but Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be healed. You shall be delivered. You shall be made whole. You shall be made complete. You shall be protected. You shall have his peace. So you mean to tell me all I got to do is acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of my life and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and I'll have an opportunity. All these things. All those things are available to you when when you make that one decision. But where do you say the word was? The word is in your heart. It comes out of your mouth. How do you know that? He says this. He goes on and says, he says this. He says that uh, believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth. He says this. He says that believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, you, that God has raised it from the dead. You shall be saved from with the heart. A person believes and resulting in righteousness. Righteousness simply means right standing. And then he says, and with your mouth, you confess at resulting in healing, resulting in deliverance, resulting in protection, resulting in wholeness, resulting in peace. If there's one thing, June and I was out yesterday uh, doing, going, doing the food bank run. Man, I tell you what, well, it was an awesome time yesterday because people, when people don't think you're going to do what you say you're going to do simply because circumstances in society has changed and we like, man, please, we still coming. They was glad to see us at the grocery store. They was glad to see us at the food bank. Shoot, even people who was in the food bank, man, who are they? With all that stuff we brought, who are they? They're like, oh, that's, that's space for life. They over in the community center. They're like, hmm. Yeah. Just being about, the, being about the father's business. That word save from the Greek is sozo, which means saved, delivered, protected, healed, preserved, do well, make whole. So all those things are accomplished in that one confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. All those things are available to you when instantly. It's not like you got to wait. It's kind of like when you go get a job. When you go get a job, if you're working for a company, they have benefits. It's called the benefit package. If you, you say, well, it only says it there. If you go to Psalms 103, 
verse 1 through 5, it'll tell you the exact same thing. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He will satisfy your mouth with good things and your youth will be renewed like the eagles daily. So even if you 45, 55, 65, he says he can renew your youth to the point where you, you still, you may be chronologically that old, but you still operating like you 30, uh, 25 years old. And they wondered, man, what's up with that? He said, well, this is some people have taught that this is only available for a select few. Well, I'm glad you said that because he also told me to tell you this. He says in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verse 10, 13, he says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be healed, delivered, made whole, protected, complete and receive his peace. So it takes out that takes out that miss conception that only a handful of people are going to be able to get in on this deal. It says whosoever will. And the, the if you notice about this whole thing in this in this word is you have to say something. You have to do something. You can't sit back there on your blessed assurance that, all right, Lord, just go ahead, and pour it on me. No, you have to open up your mouth and Make the declaration yourself. Your mama can't do it for you. Trust me, I tried it. Your daddy can't do it for you. Hey, I was looking out. For, I, was, I was thinking when I was growing up that I was going to get on his coattail because, you know, he the man that God shoot. All I got to do is just stick with him. Everything will be all right. All I got to do is go to Sunday school. All I got to do is go to Baptist church. All I got to do. Oh, yeah, all that good stuff. And guess what? None of it worked because at the end of the day, I was still uh, thought I thought I was cool acting like a fool and found out I was a knucklehead. I was on an Amtrak way to hell and did not even know it because I was deceived because this is the one thing the adversary will always tell you. What he's telling you about Jesus is right. What he's telling you about making confession is right. What he's telling you about believing is 100 percent true. And you should you should do that. Just don't do it right now. Wait. Wait. But see, the one thing you don't know, and he doesn't know, is at some point in time, you're going to, tr you're going to transition from this life into the next. And when you pass away, there is no repentance from the grave. There is no repentance from the grave. So if you don't get it right on this side of it, you don't have another chance after you cross over. And there's no, you don't go to a, a, a purgatory and you kind of wait there and everything. And then if, some, if your relatives are paid enough money, if you go back and study the history of that, purgatory was actually created in the Roman Catholic Church as a it was a building fund. And people was not supporting it. So they came up with this idea. If you pay so much money that your, to your family pays so much money, it guarantees you safe passage and it's not true you cannot find it in the bible anywhere it's not true the only thing it says for you in order to get born again to make heaven your home is you have to accept jesus as your personal lord and savior and you have to believe that god raised him from the dead you can pass out bean pies until times get better you can pass out tracks you can do all these kind of good works, believing that your good outweigh your bad. But God is going to ask you one question on that day. What did you do concerning Jesus? And if you have not made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, 
you have already made a decision to do something else. It's just that simple. So I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to act out on what it is. Because remember, healing is available, deliverance is available, peace is available, protection is available, wholeness is available. When is it available? Right now. And all you have to do is act out, put some, some action to what it is that we've already done. So we're going to do it right now. And I'm going to invite everybody to join in with me because we, we never let, see, this is one thing we, in the Marine Corps they teach you, you never leave a man on the field. And in the body of Christ, if, it's ne if there's one thing we should never do, we should never leave a brother or sister on the field. Now, you, can't, you don't want to bring them dragging, kicking and screaming, but you never leave a brother or sister on the field. And, and you never miss an opportunity to give the, give the person an opportunity. So in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, we're going to make this, make this prayer. And you, you say it out of your mouth and believe it in your heart. You will receive peace, healing, deliverance, wholeness, and protection. When? Right now. So, dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father in, the in the name of Jesus, I do believe, I do believe that, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I make you the Lord of my life. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. I turn from it now. I receive salvation. I receive healing. I receive protection. I receive deliverance right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the baptism of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, is that simple? Now, this is the thing about it is, it's so simple, it takes a theologian to convince you that it is not that simple. But God said, it's so simple, a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a ten-year-old will be able to do it. It's that simple. Now, what happened? You, do, sometimes I, I feel brand new. I feel my, my body does too. Now, if you had a bunion on the end of your toe, if you was believing God for healing for that bunion, that bunion would be gone. But if you didn't, wasn't believing for a healing for that bunion, guess what? That bunion is going to be there. Your spirit, man, the real you, was born again. Now, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion. That's the part where most people miss it because they never renew their mind. If you never renew your mind, guess what you're going to do? You're going, it's like a computer. I woke up this morning, my iPhone said I had an update. And what is that update going to do? It's going to reprogram my phone to enable it to be do, able to do something else it wasn't able to do before. Guess what happens when you get in the Word of God? It's going to reprogram your computer, a.k.a. your mind, will, and emotion to enable you to be able to learn how to do stuff you was not able to do before. Do y'all see that? Now, most people look again, they look at the word and they're like, oh, man, I can't read my Bible. You know, in fact, some people used to tell you, don't read that Bible. You go crazy. They tell you, don't teach the Bible. Then people are not going to understand. They're going to go crazy. But if you don't teach the people how to do the word, what's, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to stay in the same situation they was in before. In fact, it will get worse. And they got the answer. 
they got the solution. They got the antidote. And where is it at? Sitting on their coffee table with that glass of Kool-Aid as a cup holder. And they haven't cracked it. In fact, they got to blow the dust off of that thing when they get ready to pick it up. I still got the Bible I received when I was 13 years old, and I got born again at Green Street Missionary Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, under Reverend Dr. J.V. Bottoms. And I wasn't even—I didn't know it. All I know is I wanted to know Jesus, because Jesus said He wanted to know me. And I went down front, and they baptized me, and I—I I believed Him. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Well, they didn't know what to do. So what did I do? I did what I always did. And guess what I did? I was like a dog chasing his tail. Nothing got better. When I came to them when I was 13, when I was 16 years old and told them I was going to be doing, I told them at 16 I was going to be doing what I'm doing today. They didn't know what to do with that. It was unheard of. But I knew. But they didn't know what to do with it. So what I'm telling you is if you don't renew your mind, even though your spirit man is brand new, now you're going to have a war going on because your spirit man is always going to tell you to do the right thing to do. And your flesh is going to tell you you want to do what you've been doing and everything. But I'm telling you what, when God deliver you from a situation, you could try to go back if you want to. It ever is never going to be the same. I said it's never going to be the same in Jesus name. All right. All right. Everybody here. Everybody's brand new. Everybody, whatever you needed, you got. All right. Now we're going to make this declaration. Father, in according to Isaiah 61 and 1, we make this declaration that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy, for more than a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might, that God might be glorified. And they shall build up the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching will not be with the types and words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Father, we thank you that you've already manifested yourself here in this service today. Continue the work. Father, I trust you concerning the words that you gave me this morning concerning the healing that you've already done. Father God, that no word from you was void of power, that your, your word will not return unto you void, but it must go forth and accomplish that which we please and prosper in the things to which we have sent it. Ministering angels, go forth now and cause those things to come to pass, which we have already declared and decreed. We call it done right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I, I was chuckling. I, I was kind of chuckling because when he go, gave me that to give do the altar call at the very beginning, everything he says, because I'm I know what I'm doing, because somebody is going to be watching this. Somebody's going to be hearing this. Somebody's going to be listening to this and they might try to act like they ain't listening to it. But the word is going to go forth and do what it's got to do anyway. So sometimes we glory to God. He said sometimes when you think your family members and friends aren't listening to what you're saying or listening to what it is that you're listening to, that word goes forth. Because, see, their natural ears might try to play, duh. But guess what? Their spirit ears is always open. Their spiritual ears are always open. You ever know? You, I, I double dog dare you. Unless your spouse tells you not to. <laughs> play a teaching tape or something while you're, while you're sleeping at night. 
I ain't looking at nobody. I ain't judging nobody. But uh, unless they tell you not to, it, unless it's a distraction, play a teaching tape while you're going to sleep. You might be sound asleep. Your spirit is wide open. And you'll wake up in the morning thinking, still talking about the thing you was listening to last night when you went to sleep. Why? Because your spirit, man, is always awake. Amen? All righty. Glory to God. Now, picking up now, if I was to give this message here, I only have a few minutes, which is cool. Uh, uh, title, I would give it not in my house. Turn to your neighbor and say, not in my house. Uh, Turn to your other neighbor and say, not in my house. And then you point to yourself, say, not in my house. And I, when, I, when God gave me that title this morning, I started chuckling because I could hear a sister saying, uh, one, one of my sisters, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, my mother, like, my mother would tell you, mm, 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 not in this house. I remember when people used to start, when they started playing rap music and everything, and man, you know, we, you had to get the rap music on the download because not in Jackie and Carl's house, it was not going to happen like that. And they stood guard over what was allowed to come in and out of their house. Now, we've been talking about in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, which we're going to pick up. It says this, it says, and I'm going to let you know, even in the midst of everything that's going on with the, with the coronavirus situation that's going on, or going on with the social justice that they're, they're talking about, and going on with all the politics stuff that's been going on in the States. I mean, I lived in the States for many years, and I was, I've been watching, I can't even watch ads anymore, because them jokers down there. I mean, I watched the debate. I don't know if y'all watched the debate on Thursday, but I watched that debate, and, I'm, and I listened to people talk about it after the debate. I'm like, was well, y'all watching the same debate? And it really determine, It really depends on what your perspective is and your point of view. Some people are just blind to the truth. You know, do you know it takes, that's good, Lord. He says it takes more effort to convince yourself of a lie than it does to accept the truth. See, in order to accept that lie, you got to make that lie your truth, you have to meditate it, meditate, and you have to ignore a whole lot of facts and a whole lot of truths to make that lie your truth. So, Matthew chapter 24, verse 10 says this. It says, at, this, at that time, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. We talked about this is what's happening in the body of Christ. People will begin because of situations and circumstances and persecutions and afflictions that's going on in the world today, many will begin to fall away. He says, not only will they fall away, but they will betray you and they will hate you. And because they 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 will betray you and they hate you, then many false prophets will rise up. Anybody notice that going on right now? Many false prophets and teachers and pastors and apostles and all that are rising up. Why? Because they will rise up and they will deceive or they will mislead many because of lawlessness. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, I got any people going to endure to the end. If you here in this church or you watching online, that is you. You're going to endure to the end. What happens to that person? The person who endures to the end shall be saved. What does that word save me? Healed, delivered, made whole, complete and protected. But this gospel, everybody say this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all 
in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. What gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom we've been preaching, and the gospel, if you had never heard about the kingdom of God before, you want to buckle up buttercup because that's what you're going to be hearing about from now until Jesus comes back and, the, and, and, and it's imminent. It's not if, it's just a matter of when. It says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Now, I'm going to let you know something. All the crazy stuff that you see going on right now, all of the crazy stuff you see going on with people in the body of Christ when it talks about some falling away and and betraying one another, hate one another. There's nothing new under the sun. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. Don't get, don't get nervous and think. Hold on to your wallet out of your purse like a mask for a tithing offering. <laughs> oh, Malachi chapter 3. That's people sins and tightened up at that moment. Not y'all, but other people who might have been walking by. He says this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Your words have been arrogant against me, God says. He says, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? God says, you have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge? In other words, what's the big deal about keeping God's word? And what's the big deal? about it's, It don't benefit me to keep God's word. It don't benefit me. It doesn't profit me to do all these things. God goes on to say this. He says, and he says, uh, and th that we have kept walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts. So now this is what the people said It's not profitable to serve you. What's the big deal about serving you? So what we going to do is this. We going to call the arrogant blessed. Who's the who's the arrogant? Those who aren't following God. We're going to say that them, those people over there, the ones who ain't following you, them the blessed ones. And 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 not only are uh, they doers of uh, are they doers of wickedness, but God, <laughs> they even testing you to see if you're gonna do anything about it. Not only are we not only are we saying that they the ones who are blessed, but you ain't even doing nothing about the, them doing the evil that they doing. So psh, and they and they flaunting it in your face like what you gonna do? <laughs> but then. Those who feared the Lord are reverently honored God, loved God, spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. Who did it say the book of remembrance was written concerning before God? Those who fear the Lord. How do you know if you fear the Lord? If you keep his commandments. If you follow out his directions. See, fearing the Lord is not like, oh, Lord, don't hit me with the mallet. Oh, Lord, don't hit me with cancer. That's not fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is, is to honor his word. Proverbs talks about fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, the evil way. That's what it means to, to fear the Lord. Hate what God hates. God does not hate people. He hates actions. We'll talk about that another time. Glory to God. But he goes on to say, he says, a book of remembrance was written for those, uh, written for those who feared the Lord who, and who esteemed, I held in high esteem his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I prepare my possession, 
I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So will you again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between those who are serving God and those who are not. We talked about this last week. How do you know if you are walking around in darkness? How do you know if you're a person is walking around in darkness and all the stuff that, that the word has been talking about is going on? He says in accordance to Isaiah chapter five, verse number 20, he says this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Wow. And clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and violent men in mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Do y'all see any of that going on right now? So you don't even have to go far to see if any of this, see, this is the thing. Most people look at the newspaper or the news and then go to, back to the Bible to see if the Bible matches up. You got it backwards. You go to the Bible, you can read and see what's going on, and then you look, yep, it's exactly what you said, and you go back again, yep, it's exactly what it is you said, and how, when was it written? Over 2,000 years ago. It was prophesied and told over 2,000 years ago that all these things is gonna happen. Now, what is something that was unique about all the passages that we've read up to this point? Everybody was saying something. And depending on what it is you said, depending on what it is you got. That's called the kingdom of God way. It doesn't matter if, 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 you, if, you, if you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or if you have it. That principle works regardless of who you are. How do you know that? Genesis chapter one, verse 26 says this. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then he also created man. He made man in his image and in his likeness. He gave that man authority. That man is a speaking spirit. The man is a speaking spirit. How do you know? He says, Adam, whatever it is that you call these animals, that's what the name of those animals is going to be. It didn't say God did it. It said Adam did it. God created the heavens and the earth. God had heaven. He gave the earth to men. He gave the earth to man. And when he gave earth, the earth to man, what did he give man in the earth? Dominion and authority to rule over the earth. He did not give the man the dominion and authority to rule and reign over another man or another woman. But he gave you authority to rule on the earth. Now, 
Why is that important? If you go back and look at when from after God created the heavens and the earth, and then there was a there was a ruckus that went on between Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two. We'll study that another time. It's in a book of uh, Isaiah. You'll be able to read it about how Lucifer, who ended up being be called, becoming the name Satan, uh, was outcast because he wanted to try to rebel against God. Everything that you're seeing when it talks about and woe unto this person because they're calling good evil and evil good is all you can sum it all up in one word. Rebellion. Rebellion. I'm rebelling. I'm, I'm actively rebelling against what it is. God says, I'm going to do it my way. And guess what? There's not there's only one way. There's only one true way. And that's that's God's way. Everything else is a counterfeit. It's a knockoff. It's, it, instead of a Gucci, it's a got you. You know, uh, Liz Claiborne is a Claiborne Liz. I mean, you know, you got to have a show, but that counterfeit looks just like the real thing. You got to have a trained eye to be able to tell it's a knockoff. As opposed to being leather, it's called pleather. June was telling me one day, baby, it's about time for you to get me that new, that new diamond ring. I said, girl, I'm going to go get you a, QZ, a CZ. You won't even know the difference. She said, a CZ, a cubic zirconia. That mug, they'll sell them at Walmart. That you can get a two care for $200 in the States. Glory to God. I'm not going to do that because I wouldn't do that to her. But, I mean, they have it like that for people who can't, who it's called, cost, that's good, Lord. He says it's called costume jewelry. It looks like the real thing, but it, oh, that's good, but it doesn't hold the same value. Glory to God. Okay, now, God created you in his image and his likeness. So he made you a speaking spirit, and whatever it is that you say, that is exactly what it you will get, whether you, whether you believe it or not. That's how it works. How do you know? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says it this way. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you, thou and your seed may live. God says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. If you choose life, which is in his word, then you will get exactly what it is his word says. If you choose Something that's outside of what his word, you will get exactly what it is you chose. God does not choose for you. I'm, I'm going to kill Elsie the cow this morning. God does not choose from you. He does not choose for you. He does not choose for you. He leaves the decision in your hands. How do you know? Because Proverbs 18, 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, whatever you, whatever you, loose lips sink ships. So whatever you say out of your mouth, you are the one who, who is responsible for what it is you get. If you don't like what it is that you see, if you don't like the harvest you're getting right now, change the seed you are sowing. Wow. Go ahead, little buddy. Go ahead, get your dance on. Go get a little mouse over in the corner. Get his dance on. Get his praise on. Get your dance on. Because, boy, y'all like, whoo. <laughs> so don't look at nobody else. Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your crazy boss. Don't look at your politicians because the, they are in the same boat as you are. Death and life is in their power, their tongue, whether they believe it or 
not. Do you know that your vote represents a seed sown? Which means your vote represents whether you're in agreement with what it is that that person stands for and that you're going to stand before God and give an account for that vote that you made. Whether you believe it or not. See, I don't, I don't say whether you pray for them. You pray for everybody, whether you agree with their politics or not. The Bible tells you that. If for you not to pray for everybody makes you, puts you in sin, what makes you give puts you in rebellion because you're rebelling against the direction that the father gave to the church. Now, if death and life is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs chapter 13, 3 says this, he that keeps his mouth keeps his life. Think about that. He who keeps or watches or guards what comes out of his mouth keeps his life. But he that opens his wide his lips shall have destruction. In other words, loose lips sink ships. People who tend to talk a lot will, not, will, not, will soon be following. Why? Because they talk so much they don't think about what they're saying. I've heard people say, I don't have a guard over my mouth. i like, that's because you choose not to have a guard over your mouth. You could have a guard over your mouth. You don't just say whatever you think. I mean, sometimes I might say something. I'm like, Lord, I repent. I shouldn't even say it. That ain't even none of my business. Sister June and I could be talking about something, something going on with her job. I mean, that's the craziest thing. I, you know what? Not my business. Not my business. I repent, Lord. Not my business. Why am I telling you all this? Remember, I told you the kingdom of God must be preached. What is this? kingdom of God. How do you know? Genesis 8, 22. As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. That's this principle. Now, let me tell you something about kingdom living. And this is where we're going to stop. Did you get anything out of it so far today? Your words matter. Even if what, even if, even if what they're doing is crazy. You speak life. Truth is, what they're doing is crazy, and they need to get, they're doing a slap on them right now. F well, fact is, they, what they're doing is crazy, they need to get the anointing a slap. Truth is, because I love God and God loves me, he also commanded me to love others just like I love, just like he loved me. So I'm not going to lay hands on them suddenly, but I am going to tell them, I would highly have, I'm going to pray for him first because if I don't pray, I might be willing to say something else that I shouldn't say and might be doing something I shouldn't do because they're going to respond and then I'm going to have to respond. And yeah, what are you going to do? You got to pray for him first and then get God's direction on what to do. What is kingdom living? This is where we're going to stop. When a king decrees a thing, remember because Revelation chapter one says, you have been made kings and priests if you're born again. It is forever established. When God established the kingdom of God in the earth, there were, there were laws put into place that could not be violated. The laws of the kingdom of God never ceased, but Adam and Eve could no longer operate in that kingdom because they separated themselves from it when they sinned against the law of the king. Commandments and laws established on the earth were in correlation 
of the laws of the kingdom of God. So to keep the laws and commandments on earth, open up, open you up to the blessing of the kingdom. Now, violate those laws on earth and you're violating the laws in the kingdom of the kingdom and receive the results of the kingdom of darkness. So if you're not operating according to the kingdom of God's way of doing things, you in default, you are automatically operating according to the kingdom of darkness. Do y'all see that? See, this whole book the, from front to end is about two kingdoms. From, from beginning to end is about two kingdoms. If you're not operating according to the warrant, in default, you're automatically operating in accordance to the other. Okay. That works whether in word or in deed to this very day, which many don't understand because they believe their words have no power or consequences. But that's not true. The thing about a law is it works the same way every time, no matter who it is or whether a person believes it or not. Your words are either causing you to prosper or your words are causing you to decrease. There is no middle ground. So today we will learn how to operate in the life cycle. And turn off the death cycle. Are you interested? Yeah. Amen. So yeah. what we have, what this is all an introductory into where it is that we're going to be going, what we're going to be studying. But the bottom line is this. Your words matter. You can't get saved without your words. You can't get healed without your words. But you can't get jacked up without your words. You don't release the adversary to do what he wants to do without your words. Why? Because you are king and priest in the earth and you are representing the kingdom of God in the earth. You are an ambassador of Christ. And the and this is the thing. You're not only an ambassador of Christ when you're in the church, because the father and I was talking about this earlier this week. Father, I need them to be able to to influence and to um, Operate to the kingdom outside of these four walls. That's what if you go back and read Ephesians chapter four, verse 12, well, 11. Where he talks about it, he gave some. That means everybody's not an apostle. Everybody's not a prophet. Everybody's not a pastor. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody doesn't have the anointing to do to operate in those offices as they choose. It's simply not true. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be apostles, some to be teachers, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers. And what is their responsibility? To teach members of the body of Christ how, so that they can mature in the things of God. They learn how to mature in the things of God so they can go out and do works of service. Where? In their houses in the community, on their jobs, in the neighborhood, on Parliament Hill, in Hollywood, in courts. You come here to learn what to do, how to do it, but you exercise it outside of these four walls. You do it here too, but you operate in it outside of these four walls. And the first place you got to start 
is what's coming out of your mouth. Because if you want to locate where a person is and what they really believe, all you got to do is listen to what's coming out of their mouth. It will locate you every single time. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank God and praise you for this opportunity in your word today. We thank you, Father God, for healing us, for delivering us, for making us whole and making us complete. We thank you, Father God, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and we will preach it all over the world. We thank you for it right now in Jesus name. Now, if you join us late and you didn't have an opportunity to get on and on the first one, we're going to give you opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. In order to in order for you to even enter or understand what's going on in the kingdom of God, it says in accordance to John chapter three, you must be born again. See, if you're not born again, it may when you start talking about kingdom of God principles, it makes absolutely no sense to you at all. And that's why sometimes when pastors teach, they teach in parables or they teach in, in stories or things of everyday life so that you can understand it. But I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life right now. <clears throat> Just repeat this after me in the quarters of Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9 and 10. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I make you the Lord of my life. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and ask you for your offer of forgiveness. I receive you right now. Holy Spirit, come into my heart right now. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with a Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, glory to God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You are born, sure enough, born again right now. We want to welcome you to the family, welcome you to the kingdom of God. And in the next step, I will tell you, like we talked about at the very beginning, you must have your mind renewed by the word of God. When you have your mind renewed by the word of God, it will begin to help you to see things different. When you see things differently, you will think differently. You will respond differently. And as a result of you responding differently, you're going to see different results. So we're going to give you an opportunity. Hey, email us here at info at Faithful Life Center. At Faithful Life Center. If you send us an email uh, to the email address, uh, what? No, faithfullifeottawa.com. Faithfullifeottawa.com. If you send us an email there, uh, we will get some information into your hands. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to see you. Uh, welcome you into the family of God. Welcome you to come out and join us here on site uh, in the name of Jesus. Now, um, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, one thing, one initiative that June, uh, Sister June and I was talking about yesterday, uh, Christmas is coming up. But this is what we would like to do. You know, Many times what people do is they might adopt a family or whatever the case may be. But this is what we want to do. This is, this is a God idea we got yesterday. Why don't we go to Foodland over here, get maybe some $25, uh, $20, $25 uh, gift cards, and stand at the door at one, and offer one gift card to every family that comes in. Say we get 
maybe you know 20 gift cards and we just stand at the door and we we buy them from Foodland because we're still selling into our our community and then we stand at the door and now we if they want prayer they can receive prayer but they don't have to come they don't have to be a member of the church they don't they don't none of that all it is is a dimish where what we're going to do is demonstrate the love of God to people one per family now we haven't talked to uh, Brad over there about this idea, but when we was over there yesterday picking up the supplies, because we have we're in partnership with them to be able to get goods from them at a great rate, so we can sow back in. So so we're sowing back into the community by by getting goods from them, and then we're taking those same goods and sowing it into the back into the community again by giving it to the food. So it all stays in this area. We only serve it in this area. And man, let me tell you, you have not seen when we when we was giving out those school supplies, you have not seen little kids' eyes get so big. I was telling Joy another this little girl, we she, she gave we gave us a school. That little girl was jumping down like a ball. It, you have never seen anything quite so cute. Be like, wow, school supplies, glory to God. But <clears throat> that's what we're looking to do. Uh just because if there's one need that people need, two things, hope, food. Hope and food. So we wanted to be, a, we wanted to, uh, to let you know that that's what uh, directions we were given. So we always want to share with you uh, first and everything. And um, you got to, you know, we got to get out of this mode that we can only do this. Or we can only do that. I'm the type of person, and when I was a child, this used to get me in trouble, but as I'm an adult, I can see why God made me this way. I'd rather ask you for forgiveness than ask you for permission. Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd rather ask you for forgiveness than ask you for permission, because if I see something, I, I do it, and then... You know, I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've been called on the carpet. You're not supposed to do that. Why not? You, you're not supposed to. I got what you said, but what, give me a, give me one good reason. Better yet, give me two good reasons. Show it to me in the Bible why it says I'm not supposed to do that. If you can't do that, man, kick bricks and keep it going. Second Corinthians chapter nine. <laughs> Did you know that Jesus would be considered a radical? And you're considered a radical simply because you say you believe Jesus. And you even consider it even more so a radical if you say you believe Jesus and you actually do what it is Jesus says and does. So if you if you not want to be a radical, this is probably not the place for you. Because we're going to read what he says, believe it, and then we're going to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says it this way. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have an all-sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Man, we don't give to get. We give because we want to sow seed into the kingdom that we may have more to sow back into other people's lives. Now, 
you know, it, it, I've, I know you got some people who they get, they want you to give so they can get a bigger. That's not how we operate. We want people to give so that we have an opportunity to serve more people. So if you know somebody who, you know, you know a family who who needs help or whatever the case may be, contact us, let us know. You know, we go before the Father, find out what it is, to do, what we are to do. You know, that's, that's that simple. You just let it know, and we get before the Father, find out what it was. He might tell us, I want you to do this much, but don't go that, go any further than that, even though their need might be greater. He says, I'm not having you meet their need. I'm having you give them seed. So, so God also says, he says, he gives seed to the sword and bread to the eater, and he will multiply your seed. So, so I trust you, you. You've already you came prepared to do what it is you wanted to do in the name of Jesus. So... So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God through Faithful Life Center. We thank you, Daddy, that a seed meets any need. Father, we thank you that you multiply our seeds so you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You, you made all grace, every favor and every blessing abound towards us so that we always have an all-sufficiency in all things and we may abound to every good work. Father, we declare and decree that we, re we receive the hundredfold return over all of our sowing and all our giving. Minister and release you, go forth and cause our harvest to come, for we have needed for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. And Saint, we demand you take your hands off our harvest and off our monies, and we cancel every assignment, every plot, every scheme you had to try to get our harvest and monies from us. We cancel it now, and we bind your operations now in Jesus' name. We call, we command the blessing of the Lord upon you. We command the blessing of the Lord upon your hands and in all that you set your hands to. We command the blessing of the Lord over your households and over your families. We call your children blessed, taught of the Lord, walking in the things of God. We call your household prosperous, that you're blessed to be a blessing, that your all families of the earth have been blessed. We declare and decree it to be so now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. Well, we will get one again. Thank you for joining this morning. We look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you and have a good day. Bye bye.